Hello. Hello, Merlin. How are you doing today? I'm fine, Dan. On a Friday. It's so weird to be here on a Friday. How are you? <laughs> what? Good. What's funny? I don't know. What's funny? Nothing's funny. One goes one you know way, what? one goes the other way. So you know what? I like it when I sing. I love when you sing. I could sing the whole episode. I could do this all day. Do this all um, day. Yeah. What's what's new in your neck of the woods? Uh, it's, you know, it's like it's, it's uh, always something. They, it's always yeah. something. You know, they say that it like when it rains, it pours, That's and they're they not say, just talking yeah. about salt. Salt. Oh, you're talking about the Morton girl more, with the umbrella. More, more N. More N. More yeah. N. Yeah. I sometimes yeah. wonder. Yeah, I wonder. I've wondered about that phenomenon because I feel the same way as a closeted magical thinker <laughs> title. I uh, <laughs> I don't like to admit it. I don't like. I'm not out to my family about it. Um, I'm not even out to my coworkers. Sure. Um, I am a magical thinker, and I do certainly. I have days where it's like I've got a million ways of experiencing this, talking about this, like. Sometimes with Alex on Dubai Friday, I'll describe this. Remember that old meme about how many five-year-olds could you beat in a fight? Oh, you beat them all. Well, yeah, you just use one against the others. That's what Jackie Chan would do. Or a ladder. <laughs> he used a child against a ladder, a ladder against a child. He didn't care. No. Um, Beijing okay. Opera School, they call it. Uh, fighting five-year-olds. But, but like the bit with that old bit, and this is in the memes, the days of memes before memes, was like how many five-year-olds could you beat in a fight? And then it became a fun like kind of cocktail party thing of like, Obviously, we're not going to hit children, but the the bit is like you could probably beat the living crap out of one five year old, but could you beat like five hundred of them? You get into a Walking Dead type situation. Yeah, right. And the way I, I've said this to Alex, this has become parlance on our program. Is I, today I'm fighting five year olds. There's no single thing that I'm dealing with in obscurity that it's like a species ending annoyance. <laughs> <laughs> title uh-huh. um but uh but no but there's so many little ones and uh, i've called these mosquito tasks even mosquito but there's all tasks. these little well i mean like okay so like if you've got are you writing all this down Dan? i am yes okay i'm really <clears throat> relying on you today i get you um, got me. i got you covered got your thank back you. When, when you saw one set of footprints you know what i mean yeah um the it's like there's all these there's these things that you deal with in life and it's like like i said none of these on their own in obscurity is the end of a thing but I, I, boy, I'm I'm full of metaphors today. It's kind of like email and pebbles. Like you think of this as one pebble, but to another person who's got a hundred of other people's pebbles, that's like the last thing they need in the world is another pebble. And I think the when it rains, it pours thing is when you feel like, man, I have a baseline homeostatic idea of how much inconvenience I should have in my life mm-hmm. or whatever. Inconvenience is, you know, it's, it's, it's a white people thing mostly, but it doesn't make it any more fun to have all this stuff that is like, I don't know why I'll give you the literally as probably the most recent one, which is that I've got a stream deck and that I use mainly for non streaming things. And one of them is like turning lights on and off, turning fans on and off. And it's kind of long story short, there's something in my setup right now where some of my lights aren't addressable. And I don't know why that is like, it's not a big deal. But the thing fails and there's a pop-up and I have to click twice and all this stuff. And that's just one thing, right? Like the fact that I have two lights on when I wanted the lights off is not a problem. It's not a huge problem, but it's a thing that I would like to deal with because it's disruptive to a thing that I do. But like then you get you get two, three, four, five of those things. And then 
you don't even notice them so much as a thing until you're like, ugh, I'm starting to feel like I've locked my keys in the car. There's so mm. much, so many little things. And in your case, you've been dealing with, you've got home things, right? Aren't people fixing things at your house? But you've got a, you got a lot of balls in the air. Is this one way to put it? Is that right? <clears throat> yeah, I think you're that's fighting uh, a lot of five year olds. Oh, little little weird things here. It's like, and it, it all sort of happened at once, which also is not great. Like, like you know. The, the washing machine starts making like a mysterious sort of dripping sound that oh, apparently I, I don't, is... Oh, I don't love that. Ooh. Well, they say they the different people that have come out have said it was the AC that's, you know, because the AC, I don't know if... I, honestly, you would know this from your time in Florida, but there's a lot of people, I think, who don't have like central um, air conditioning systems. Yeah. So the central air conditioning system, it... it you know, as, as the condenser is working, there's condensation that forms on the coils and that sort of drips into a little tray, which collects it and sends it down a tube. And mm. in modern, more can you modern, all the mildew and mold is built. Yeah, up there? I can. And they want you to clean it with bleach periodically. And it gets things. like, sn- it gets like snot. Sometimes. Yeah. It's gross in there. It needs to have yeah. its nose blown. Mm-hmm. But that mm. then apparently mm. what, what they do in the more modern homes is they channel that to uh to sort of drain instead of having like its own drain they put it into like a drain for something else which could be a sink or it could be your washing machine cut in a corner the way you've got like uh the thing like when your bathtub drains like that kind of thing that's exactly right we're not going to have a bespoke slime hole but (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna work something out where where we can repurpose another slime hole that's right so they so apparently that's what happened and it's that we're hearing that because it's draining behind the washing machine i don't know and then there's this is this is this this kind of thing's my nightmare well then the dryer decided that it wasn't going to work anymore and apparently the for however long this house has existed the the duct leading out of the dryer has always been either completely or partially obscured so that's harming the dryer so the dryer doesn't want to work oh so the the, engine's probably been not the engine but you know it's been working harder than it needs (laughs) wants to yeah and then the sump pump in the dishwasher failed so that needs to be fully replaced uh and so like yeah is a lot and then people i don't know if you know this hmm. but people in the repair business especially in the appliance repair business they do not adhere to the same time frames that other people adhere to so if if you if you you were to say yes, Dan, I can record at two o'clock. You're saying today. neurotypical people who commit to a time generally do their best to kind of hit that time or, or talk to you about it. You're saying there's something possibly peculiar to this trade. Yeah, where do they do they lack that ability or they just don't care or right. it's just the nature of the beast? Yeah, I mean we it, don't know. We don't know. We don't know. That's the thing. We don't know. But mm-hmm. like when one of them says, well, "I will be there at one." That yeah. doesn't mean they'll be there at one. That means they're probably coming that day. Uh, yeah. But not I mean, a guarantee. Not a guarantee. Yeah. I mean, that in, in the context that you're describing, that does sound like a kind of thing I would do, especially in a previous life before, that's the equivalent of like, oh, I'll get around to it, which is like, you know, you have to like apply, you have to grade on a curve where like there are certain kinds of, like I think I've become the sort of person that does show up on time for things after yeah. – the majority of my life being somebody who just, you would never, like, if you knew me now versus knew me then, it would be, that's one aspect where I'd be unrecognizable. Yeah. Because I was extremely bad about that. 
And I didn't mean to be. I was, it's like, it's like being a bully or a bad boss where like you haven't asked around. You don't know. Like you, you think you're good at cunnilingus, but you've never done a, you know, longitudinal review of the data. You ha you haven't gone back and said, Hey, now that you've had more opportunities to know what it's like to, to, you know, dine out. Like, how do you, how do you feel about my performance? Is it a one? Is it a five? Uh -huh. I'm not gonna tell you the scale, but no. you know, yeah. But yeah. same same thing here. But it's yeah. I mean, I don't want to just bitch about this stuff, but no. it is. It's and it's also funny because well, I don't ordinarily mention other things, but like this, the, the just because I literally did this this morning, the new episode of Reconcilable Differences with Syracuse, our uh, member after show, we talk about some. I'm only mentioning it because a it is extremely funny. It's John dealing with quote unquote home improvement, mm. home repair, really more of home repairs. As we yeah. talked about on the show, it's like on The Walking Dead when they get to Alexandria and they have to like. And Rick's like, "You guys got to really shore up these walls. Like you don't make a wall once; you put up a wall, and now you just bought yourself something to maintain." Um. And I, I mean, that's my reading of Rick. Didn't say that he's originally from England. He's a sacred Brit. But um, did you know that he's in Love Actually, which is a movie I've never seen. I Andrew haven't seen Lincoln. it either, no. I think he's stealing valor from our 16th president, but I don't want to be a dick about it. But that's, that, that, that's, that's the problem with a lot of this stuff. And then, you know, so it's one thing where like, oh, it's at exactly like 30,001 miles, like your check engine light comes on. That mm. doesn't mean necessarily that the engine's broken. No, it's it just means, programmed to come on at that time. Yeah, you're just, that's, it's time for you to go give money to the Honda dealership or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but it does really feel like those things, even when you try to be good about all these things, they accumulate. And then this is where I don't want to get started, but like the spoilers, but Syracuse talks about like how difficult it's been to get service people for anything, which is, I haven't heard that a lot, but <clears throat> I've certainly heard it, heard it more than I used to. I don't know if this is a post COVID thing. I don't know like what it is, but during COVID, of course, people like would like not do maintenance on a lot of things because it was just, you couldn't, but anyway, I'm just saying, I, like, I don't know what caused it, but it definitely feels like a thing. And it does feel like there are certain fields of maintenance where people can sort of pick or choose the big projects they want to do. And they kind of you get that vibe that they sort of don't need your business. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to be that guy. I'm not trying to be like, you know, oh, you're being treated very poorly, poor customer experience. More like it's just that like, you know, the supply and the demand seem to be out of whack. But I don't know. I I have so much aloha for people like my, um, I was about to say my late mechanic, the mechanic we used to have who has retired. And I've told you why, why I love Jerry the mechanic, because he was so great at like, make, be, he had so much, God, there's this phrase, we were debating last night whether anybody knows what this phrase means. It's such a good phrase, and I'm still not sure anybody knows what it means, social capital. Like he's built up a lot of credibility with us over the years, had mm -hmm. built up, because he's so good at saying like, this is the thing. You brought this in because of this. And, you know, okay, so I can do that. Here's another thing that really needs to be worked on, you know, at some point. And then here's a thing that, like, <laughs> the famous one with us, you need to fix this timing belt before it breaks. And I was like, oh, Jerry. Oh, Jerry, you're like a doting mother. And, of course, our timing belt broke, and it was much more costly than it needed to be because I didn't listen to Jerry. And like that is, as Syracuse says, the exception that proves the rule. Because a lot of times I've started to feel like there's just no way to fix anything anymore. This goes back to the saga of me trying to get our oven fixed and the guy mm. actually broke our oven. And that led to this entire, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard so the story, typical. but 
oh no, it was really like the inside thing wasn't working. The guy, a guy came out and this is one of like half a dozen service people we've had out in the last 21 years who are just like, they come out, they wave their tools around and basically have converted my call to fix a specific problem into a lead Mm. for a larger project. Look, just snake the drain and shut up. No, you know, you need to replace that pipe. Like, I'm not going to replace anything I rent. Like, oh, you can't do that. So when the guy broke my oven, for example, <laughs> that's that's when I found out that, like, the kind of oven we had is not legal to install in San Francisco anymore. And we don't have the electric to do an electric oven. And, like, it's, it's, just, it's a whole thing. And it's made me a little bit mental. And at the very least, on a practical level, it's made me reluctant. I mean, like... I don't want to contact anybody about anything until I've exhausted all of my own resources. Yeah. Just because it, I, it, I, I realize this is not rational, but I feel like I don't need those people to love me. Those, in your case, you're, let's say, your dryer fixer person. Like, I don't need the person to love me. I don't need that person to think I'm cool Really, you're or not smart. looking for a fan. I'm not here to make friends. No. If anything, I want done. to, I, as I'm constantly clarifying to everyone, I want to not be noticed. Like, it, please stop noticing me. And, like, anyway, but in that instance, like, I, I, I've gotten to where, like, when our ice maker wasn't working, I did all the things people do. I got PDFs. I looked at YouTube, and I figured out how to fix what turned out to be the, a broken tooth on a gear that you wouldn't, like, eyeball immediately. And I went through all that process. So I learned a little as I go, but I don't know. I don't have the tools or the expertise to fix so many kinds of things. And mm. I don't know. It's almost like cops where I'm wondering if I just had a misapprehension my whole life that finally got undone. Have, have service people always been this terrible? But it's really frustrating and it starts to feel like the world's out to get you a little bit. I feel like, uh, and this actually leads to a thing I wanted to, to mention to you. Cause I know this is kind of in your wheelhouse, hmm. something uh, for content this week. We have two sponsors this week. Is that correct? Yeah. That's what I'm seeing here. Well, I want to announce the return of cool thing I learned this week. But cool thing I learned this week will be preceded by an amazing uh, partner, somebody we're partnering with here on the program. And Dan, who is it? Tell me about something you like. I would love to tell you about Back to Work sponsor of the day. (laughs) Are you okay? Did you just have a neurological event? No, just bear with me. I'm bearing. It's Back to Work sponsor of the day. This is, a new, this is a new thing. Oh, sponsor of the day. Sponsor of the is day. Is anybody good? It indeed is someone good. Indeed. <laughs> indeed. It's indeed, Merlin, because Whoa. listen to me. You just made it real. When you're looking to improve, look for the improvements that build on themselves. Like okay. hiring, hiring for your business. I can do you that. Get, you know, you're going to get better at hiring. And when you do that, you're going to hire great people faster. Your business is going to grow you're going to get to keep hiring because you see the better the business does, the more it grows and more people you need to, to do it, to do the business. So how, but how do you get better at hiring? Mm-hmm. This is the I question know. I know you're about to ask me. No idea. I, again, it's like, it's like calling somebody to fix my broken oven. Like I, I don't want to contact anybody anymore. I don't know how to do anything anymore, Dan. I need all the help I can need. De- you need indeed. Get, in, in, indeed. Indeed. And indeed. indeed, let me tell you about it, Merlin. Okay. Indeed is a hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire, and you do it all in one place. So instead of spending hours, and I've, I've got to tell you the truth, I've done this. I've done it where you go to multiple job sites, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, I know we're not going to, you know, it's going to be a struggle to find the right person. I know we're not just going to be able to go to one site to yeah, find How someone. do you even know if all those people are still alive? You know what? You're right. They might be gone. They do might they be put a gravestone gone. on a LinkedIn? 
Like, is there a way to know when you go somewhere? Now, Indeed, do they? Do you feel you have a level of confidence that most of the people that are on the Indeed job site that you're using, they're, they're probably a live X and X stand. I would think so. I think being hmm. alive. They can just is have that. Part I don't know. Sorry, I, we should cut this out. But I don't. I don't know if it's something they could use. But um, uh, in, Indeed. Uh, these people are totally alive. They, they could they could just have that. <laughs> they can have that. They can run with that. Well, uh, there was a time when I thought you don't need to say, "Hey, oven repair guy, I won't break your oven." Like right. I, I used to think that wasn't something I needed somebody to right. have. A foregone conclusion that the person you're hiring to fix something won't break. Nothing it and is then just foregone. Leave. Speaking of, I just want to throw in about this washer. Please, the guy had to come back three times. The first time um, he came back, the wrong cable card or something. The first. <laughs> <laughs> cable card <laughs> the first time that he came out i'm not sure there's what they one. did it's, it's, where, it's where comcast is based but when they go to goober cell steel there's only one cable card in all of philadelphia and they brought the wrong one Ugh. dryer dryer so the, washer the washer. washing machine so the uh, guy comes out and you should have gone to indeed you could have find a, a live competent what was and thinking? like before you're even done because of their new unique matching you you would find somebody competent but what happened well the guy comes out and Three he said all right you're all set and he leaves and it just doesn't work anymore just didn't work and then he i called him back i'm like i think y'all need to come back out again it just doesn't work and they're like all right we'll come back and the guy comes out and he's like i need a I need a really skinny guy to come get behind there I said, okay, so we, they're going to call Gavin. Wait, 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 I'm so sorry. I'm so confused. So because of what needs to be done. They need now, a tall, skinny you, guy. You need like a Mutt and Jeff situation. Yeah. You're calling, or like, you know, or like Sully and Mike Wazowski. Exactly. You're saying there's somebody, they sent the wrong, they sent the, oh, oh, so now we're about to, <laughs> speaking of old shows, we're back to Walt Isaacson and the wrong guy. Right. They so picked the wrong guy. They send Gavin out. Gavin fits back there, and he's like, "Okay, I put in these new. I put in the new tubes. Oh, you know, we got these new metal mesh tube things. He put them in. Okay, and he leaves. And so we do. Uh, we're we're like, okay, we're going to do a load. You know, so we put the load in, and uh, it's one of the loads that you want to wash on cool. So you put it on cool or cold, mm. right? And it's you, we open your, up the thing about, like a, like your your like a, a colors and stuff. You don't want you want your colors you don't want to run. To, to, to colors to these bleed colors don't run. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they don't run. Bleeding bleeding green for the Philly Eagles. Oh, I I, you know I what bleed, I'm saying. I bleed the colors of FSU. Whatever so, they are. You're Cur supposed Crimson. to do it on cold okay. or cool. Mm. Open the thing after it runs. It's like steaming. It's steaming. The steam is pouring out. Mm. And you touch it, and it's like hot. I'm like, well, I guess he rever <laughs> he reversed the the tubes. So he's a call him. Think you guys got to come back out. So he came back out again, Gavin. Mm. And Gavin. he says, you know, he's like, that's my fault. Uh, I it was dumb of me to assume that the right hand tube was cold and the left hand. He's like, that just is the industry standard. But I should have tested. You think Ga Gavin Gavin assumed he made an assumption. Mm. And at the end of the day, it, the assumption was wrong. And so he had to switch him back. And he was very worried at the end. He's like, will the clothes be okay? Will they be okay? Did he, he give any thoughts on maybe testing it before he left? And I said, I think you're going to be all right. But he did test it. And then the next load that we ran was fine. Oh, good. But what this brings me back around to is that the best way to find great talent and the best way to find it faster is to use time-saving tools like the ones I was telling you about, Indeed Instant Match, assessments, virtual interviews. Telling you about Instant Match, for example, over 80% of employers, not employees, employers, are going to mm. get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment that they sponsor a job. 
Okay, and this is interesting because this is different. Typically, you put it out there and you got to sit and wait like you're selling something on eBay and you hope someone sees it. You hope they bid on it. You hope they buy it. It's the same thing with the job. You hope the right candidate shows well, up. Well, you make it sound like the person's helpless. Well, this is kind different. Of. Yeah, this is a different situation because yes. now they're actually going to find candidates that you can then reach out to. They're going to say, look, we fa- based on this job description that you put in, these are the candidates for you. Reach out to them directly. You don't have to wait for them to come to you. You can reach out to them and say, you're right for this role. And they're going to be like, yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. No, mm-hmm. let's have them say it in a more confident way. Yeah, yeah I, I am. am. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. Yeah. And then you get a guy hired. Yeah. Three million businesses worldwide are using Indeed to hire great talent. And the whole point is they're doing it fast. And it's it's unbelievably powerful. So you can get back to work. Unbelievably powerful. Four times more hires than all other job sites combined. It's a lot of times. According to something called Talent Nest in 2019. Hmm. Hmm. 1988. Hmm. So here's what they're doing for our listeners. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit. You can upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash back to work. I have to say that it's good. The offer is good for a limited time, but it's $75 credit now. Indeed.com slash back to work. They want me to keep saying it. Indeed.com slash back to work. Terms and conditions apply. And uh, need to hire, Merlin? You hmm. need Indeed. Indeed. Thank you for the bell. Buck, buck. Um, so these guys, a, they come out, they uh, fix the stuff, now they're gone. But then I got to get a whole new dishwasher. It's not coming until uh, October 5th. And I don't know about this. I don't know how you guys do your dishes. I feel like you guys probably have some kind of like San Francisco sort of composter. You put the dishes in it composts them and tree grows. I don't know. But here we we're having to wash oh, them by oh, hand. Yeah. You, I'm sorry, you you were making a joke. Look. You're asking about the San Francisco dishwasher. Yeah. Okay. Well, it starts out by doing a brief land acknowledgement. <laughs> it gets out there and it talks a little bit about the about all of the Irish people who died under this house before it was built, uh, in memory of O'Connor O'Connor, and they do that. And then yeah, there's a composting element. There's also then you bring in the school board and they argue for a little while uh, mm-hmm. about uh, you know whether somebody was mean to, mean to, to, to trans native americans in the right. 14th century uh-huh. and that we t- we take down the names and then um, and then and then uh, yeah and and then a, and then a cat comes in and just licks the plate mm-hmm. um, <laughs> the, um the, so this is this is not this is not strictly related i'm going to use a word here that is related but i feel like this it's kind of related to your dishwasher stuff. That's kind of related to your Zen in the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. That's a, um, that's a great book. Have we ever talked about that book? You sent me a copy, and I still, I still have. You sent me a physical yeah, copy, and I. Well, I, you know, I'm busy. It's good. It's all about so, quality, person. I know. I understand. Chautauqua. Oh, I've into, recommended into quality. it. I've recommended it to lots of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you weren't cost, wrong to do that. No, it doesn't cost anything to recommend a book. <laughs> right? Everybody, you don't have likes. To, it doesn't mean you read it. Uh, I wrote it down <clears> and I read it. Mm. Well, um, well, I should mention in passing. Um, I think I mentioned this here before, but I'm really enjoying um, Matter, which is a bookmarking style. Uh, it doesn't matter. I like Matter. I learned about it from Alex, but this I got this in my Matter. What's cool about Matter is it'll bring in like subscriptions, like so like if you get newsletters, if there's pe- writers you like to follow, you can like get their stuff just like showing up. It's really neat. It's kind of like it's like Instapaper combined a little bit with an RSS reader, but anyway. And their staff picks uh, are good too. This ca- this popped up in my Matter, and um, this is from a 
website and I guess magazine called Noema, N-O-E-M-A. Uh, it's called The Disappearing Art of Maintenance. Oh. And this seems kind of up your alley. It's in show notes, which you can find at backtowork.lima slash, I don't know, something. And um, <laughs> the uh, the Disappearing Art of Maintenance, the deck. The, the no slash 591. Oh. Excuse me, pulled hurt my neck. 1988. 1988. Watch it again. Uh, Still holds up. It's a really good movie. Still holds up. I've said this about... See, now you got me off my topic. I've said this uh, uh, with regard to perhaps five different movies, Mm. and I think I'm right about all of them. Yeah. I think this is peak Tom Cruise. Oh, we just know it's 100% peak Tom Cruise. There's other movies that are also peak Tom Cruise. Uh, I I have some things I'd like to... to throw into that, but I, let's hear them. Let's hear well, what you're Do you want to skip proposing. the maintenance thing and talk about Tom Cruise? That's I fine. I feel like we need to. All right. All I wanted to say was check this out. It's called The Disappearing Art of Maintenance. And it says here, the noble but undervalued craft of maintenance could help preserve modernity's finest achievements from public transit systems. That's kind of the focus of this piece to power grids and serve as a useful framework for addressing climate change and other pressing planetary constraints. I thought, I thought folks might want to check this out. Um, it's pretty long, but it's good. But, I don't know. You ready for the take-home message? If I were Axios and, and like print and like doing the kind of news stories that you would give to like a not very bright three-year-old mm. with lots of headings, you know, mm-hmm. be smart. Um, here's my takeaway from this: maintenance is a thing that you do before it breaks in life. Mm-hmm. I mean, do I need to say that? Yeah, I feel like I kind of do. Like getting something between getting something and throwing something away is the the hopefully useful life of an item. And like, I just wanted to say, I wanted to be the dumb guy. I wanted to be the uh, the court jester who pops up to say, "Listen, the point of maintenance, in some ways, is fixing something, not fixing something before it breaks." But this is a phrase I love: um, creating the conditions for something to not break. I think about this a lot: mm-hmm. creating conditions. Mm-hmm. Creating it's an ongoing. Conditions. Well, because you can't make people do stuff, you shouldn't or oughtn't or can't but you can certainly create conditions mm-hmm. like it's one thing to say i want my office to be full of people who are kind to each other well have you created the conditions for people at your office to be kind to each mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. have you, you know what i mean before you wonder why something didn't work this is anyway it's a whole omnibus project in my head but that's the thing though is that if we only wait until something breaks and then fix it enough to keep going I don't know. I just think a thousand flowers bloom in thinking about that. And in contra to what I said earlier, like I don't have, I don't know how, that much about maintaining something. I mean, I know it's important to me to have reminders to do stuff like clean the filter on the uh, on the uh, clean clean out the air filter on the air cleaner, or you know, all those different kinds of things that just keep it running properly. But I do feel like the whole notion of maintenance, and again, contra that, like, do you want to hire one of those or buy one of those programs on MSNBC for, like, getting a warranty on your, all the crap in your house? Like, well, I don't know, man. That's like, that's like insurance in some Mm -hmm. ways. Like, I don't know how much that benefits you, and you're going to have to fight for every bit of it, probably, to get them to fix your broken phone screen that you thought was included, or I don't know. (laughs) All that kind of stuff is an old people jam up title. But uh, I just want to mention that to you, Disappearing Art of Maintenance. I'll have other things to say about that. Uh, you want to talk about Tom Cruise. I can set aside all these other things. I don't really have I, – I don't know why I even prepare for the show anymore. I, I prepared for this particular episode, I think. Let me check real quick. Let me check my, three and a half weeks ago, I prepared for this particular episode. So well, th- this, is, this is all – Well, I don't want to throw that out if you put I, it in it's, uh, You know, time. it's fine. I can always do it again. Uh, a lot of things are revolving into crabs. Um, th- th- did you read about that? Things turning into crabs. 
turning into uh, crabs. Why Buddhism is true. I want to pimp that again. But for now, let's do, um, we're going to interrupt. Cool thing I learned this week uh, for a discussion of the actor Tom Cruise. So what do you propose are is peak Tom Cruise? Well, I mean, that's kind of the bit is that there's different kinds of Tom Cruise in some ways. I mean, they're all Tom Cruise. That's why it's called that. But they're, uh, peak Tom Cruise. Okay, so off the dome. Um, I think Rain Man. I think, um, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of people who might say risky business in some ways. Like First that's movie, kind I of, think, that really is, a, he, he had a movie also the same year, I think. He was in Taps. All the Right Moves. All the Right Moves, but he was also in Taps before that. When yeah, he was little, you're he right. He had a smaller taps. part in Taps, yeah. Hold on, let me pull up, I'm loading, the, okay, here's the Wikipedia I'm glad page. we're doing this, this is good. No, it's, it, we're due. No, yeah, we're due. Um, so here... Oh, I also he, want to talk about, ga- you know what, I also, just let me mention this, because people are gonna, might be confused, this is so fast. You kept saying the, the name Gavin. Mm. And I that mean, that was the guy's name, Gavin. You're, you're pretty sure that wasn't just his like nom nom de repair. <laughs> I mean, I can't <laughs> guarantee stupid. anything from these guys. No, no, I, don't know I mean, what they're, 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 me. they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, hold on. I just wanted to mention Gavin. Every time I hear the name Gavin, I'm sorry. As we all know, people who listen to Do By Friday know I'm trying to stop noticing how people look and talking about it. And I'm, stop tr- I'm trying to stop noticing when somebody has a funny name. And, and, and then I'm trying to not mention that. So I'm trying to get away from that. Unfortunately for me and for you. Oh, I love funny names. There's exa- well, I do too. That's the problem. I just. I mean, we a, don't need to I quit stuff a, we hate. <laughs> got to quit the stuff we love. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. I'm great at it. Um, yeah. But, 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 but every time I hear the name Gavin, anybody else out there, 55, um, kids in the hall. Mm-hmm. Bruce McCullough. One of them was one of my favorite. Well, God, how do you begin with kids in the hall? But there's a character he played. His name was Gavin. You remember <laughs> Gavin? And Gavin was a little boy, like with this, the single mother. And he would come up. So I suppose you want me to paint that chair. And so I put three, uh, three good Gavin sketches in the show notes because Bruce McCullough's Gavin uh, makes me very happy. Well, so looking yeah. at this Wikipedia page, which is, of course. What's that? For what? For, for Tom Cruise. Oh, sh- okay. It yeah. talks about... So we're, we're back from off-topic to the off-topic, on-topic, on off-topic. Risky we're, we're business. We're going to talk about what is, what, is, what, is, what is peak Tom Cruise. And now Dan is doing, doing the hard work that if you like the heavy lifting uh-huh. um, of, of bringing up uh, to help us remember. Now, now you're on the Wikipedia page for, uh, for, for Thomas Edison Cruise. Yeah. And right. it says here that they describe Risky Business as a Generation X classic and career maker. For Tom Cruise. He was it's a, also... Let's say it again. What? A Generation X classic and a career uh-huh. maker for Tom Cruise. I, I've never seen it. Um, I, I know the scene and I know it's got uh, Re- Rebecca De Mornay. That's all you need. And to there's know. a car and, and the there's the dun gun 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 Yeah. And oh. he, he was in the movie Legend. Do you remember that movie where he Fantasy was... Fantasy movie with a cute girl. Who's the cute girl? The girl is... Was the, it Sloan? Was it yeah, Sloan, Sloan. It's always Sloan. It always comes back to huh. Sloan. So that's how it Full is in a fantasy movie. She has great knees. Um, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise... Map... I've never... Oh, wait. His last name is Mapother? How do you pronounce that? Thomas Cruise Mapother. I've never hmm. heard that name. The I've fourth. Heard that. That's a terrible name. And then 86, you got Top Gun. Yeah, that's pretty Tom Cruise, too. Did you ever see the wonderful, back in the days when 
God, Ben Stiller. Who could have predicted Ben Stiller would be Ben Stiller the way he's Ben Stiller now? No way. Would you ever have guessed? Like, I'm no. I mean, I enjoy Ben Stiller, and I think he's really gifted. I mean, if he'd stopped at Zoolander, I'd be happy. It was yeah, a great movie. Peak, peak, but, peak. Um, a Ben Stiller is Zoolander. Peak Ben Stiller is as with every other person who appears related to the movie. Peak everybody was Tropic Thunder. <laughs> yes, it's the, the the greatest movie of its time. But um, nah, but but uh, wait, what was I talking about? Tom Cruise and um, Peak. Oh, 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 so Ben Stiller, you know, um, he used to have like the Albert Brooks role on SNL. He would make films. Yes. Did you ever see The Color of Money? Yeah. Wait, sorry. Is that what it's called? What's what's the it's a famous ben, movie, Color of Money? Well, then it must be, wait, what is it called? Ben Stiller, uh, Cruise parody. Um, the Color of Money is the Martin Scorsese movie, right? I thought so. Um, Are you trying, you're trying to trick me again? No, 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 no. You'll know if I'm trying to trick you. Ben Stiller, Cruise, <laughs> parody, SNL. Um, he did an amazing parody. Basically, the trailer for The Color of Money, except it's about bowling. And it's Ben, ben Stiller does this. We'll, we'll watch it together in a minute. He does this extraordinary Tom Cruise impression, a very, very relatively young Ben Stiller. And um, as it turned out, uh, John, John Mahoney, you know, Frazier's dad, He's also the general in Iron Giant, a very impressionable general in Iron Giant. Um, he plays the um, Paul Newman character, uh. and it's about bowling. And it's even he. It's in the way that you use it, and the whole nine. <laughs> but he does the Tom Cruise <laughs> face. He does so. Oh my god! And it's driving John Mahoney crazy. It's really really funny. We'll watch it together in a minute. But that's the thing is like when when there's an impression of somebody when Rich Little does an impression of you. Yeah. Or whomever, John Biner, like any of the greats, like it's because there's something that's so distinctive about how you are that without, ideally, without knowing who the, I mean, that's the definition of a bad impression is you have to say who it is. But like Tom Cruise was so in, this is in the 80s, dude, or like mm -hmm. I think late 80s, they did this. Um, and he's so recognizable. So, but the problem is the disambiguation we need to do when we talk about peak Tom Cruise, like, well, can we just open the books on this? Yeah, let's, let's just do open it. it all the way up. Here's some other peak Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise addressing the audience at that one Scientology event. Oh, right. It doesn't have to be a movie. Tom Cruise on Oprah. Oh yeah, with, which when is, he was you know, dating bit, uh, what's her name, uh, Katie, uh, Katie Holmes? Holmes. Yeah, I think that's a little bit. You know, this is a, there's been podcasts about that appearance. <laughs> Like there's been podcasts about everything, positive, yeah. podcast episodes, but like in terms of like like the like defining like for me like what makes you love Tom Cruise, let's do. I'm gonna do some special. Okay, so I'm gonna say you know what? Um, obviously Tom Cruise running is always well. Good. That's a whole. That is a set. Let's we're gonna have to sidebar on that. That's a we will. Show. Well, and you get a lot of that in Mission Impossible, but yes. I don't. I don't know if I think Mission Impossible as much as I love those movies so much. I don't know if I think those are peak Tom Cruise. But with that said peak good tom cruise i'm well, gonna okay, say, so when edge, I say edge, tom edge, cruise, of, edge of tomorrow yeah no hang on a second i'm actually gonna say when that, tom cruise is the most tom cruisey that, is that what you mean that's what i'm talking about here that that peak tom cruise to me is yeah. not he gave a great performance in a movie or this was a blockbuster movie bigger made, made a billion dollars that has nothing to do with it okay okay peak tom cruise to me is when he is the most tom cruise 
And so a movie, oh. for example, but Eyes would you Wide Shut, possibly Rain Man, because he's so Tom Cruise in that, but he's yes. also really good. That's a yes. good. That I mean, is it works. just it coincidence. Works. It's just his coincidence. relationship with Raymond is so They're very rich. touching. Yeah, yeah, but it's also it's it's rich to me, and we learn more about the history of their relationship, which is kind of what makes the movie special. But like, even when he's just being, I'm not burned. Like, I'm not burned. Yeah, I'm not yeah, burned. Charlie Babbitt. Um, that okay, that's a good one. That's okay. A good so one. that's what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna and I'm gonna say Top Gun is not peak Tom Cruise. Mm. That's peak blockbuster Cruise. But he's yeah. not the most himself. What, that, about, uh, what about the one where he, the, 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 the Philip Michael Thomas uh, Anderson movie? What's the, um, what's the, what's the one where he's the hustler of money is the name hustler of, of money. The, yeah. Which I'm going to show to you. In a now, the, now for me, together. when I think peak Tom Cruise, peak, okay. peak, peak Tom Cruise, where Tom Cruise, where Tom, the literal peak, you know what we need to do is we need to come up with our criteria of what you're looking for Oh, I agree. We should, we, I could do three episodes on that. I'd find no, that. we're going to do this. We have to do this. Right, it's going to okay. be special. But I'm setting I'm gonna, aside the things I discovered this week. So ignore all the things I put in notes three weeks ago. Continue. I'm going to put out there that the most Tom Cruisiest Tom Cruise film is The Firm, mm. where he plays a lawyer. Is who, that, I'm confusing that with the Keanu Reeves movie with the devil. Is, is That's that he, Devil's Advocate, which is the most, which is peak. The most Pacino, Pacino. <laughs> yes, but also the. I sound the, like the world's <laughs> worst Pokemon. Pacino, Pacino, <laughs> Pacino. <laughs> no, that 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 is the most um, uh, Keanu Keanu movie. I heard the Firm referenced on a podcast episode this week. Have uh, you not I, seen the Firm? I don't remember, but I, I what I do, what I have seen, and do love, and am evangelizing is the John Hamm movie Confess Fletch. And it was in the context oh, of discussing yeah. how poorly that very, very good movie has been treated. Is It was was talking about, like, you just don't see movies like Confess. This talked about on The Watch, I think. You just don't see movies like Confess Fletch anymore. There's no place for, like, mm -hmm. a, a 10 to, like, a $20 million comedy. Like, it's just, I know this is not a new idea, but, you know, it's... As we watch all these bodies dropping, when, as people try to like you know deal with COVID or you know cutbacks and budgets, and you know Warner's doing this weird, com you know compressing like inversion thing, and they're like whoa, but like um, and the movie they talked about sp specifically was uh, the firm, mm. you know like there's those now was um, is Julia Roberts in that? Hang on, listen to this lineup of this film. Is it, is it a stacked cast? Tom Cruise, Gene Hackman, Ed Harris, Holly Hunter. Hal Holbrook, who you would not know by name, but if you saw him, you'd be like, oh, he's been in everything. No, he is. He's Deep Throat. David, yeah, David. No, he's, he's Deep Throat in All the President's Men. Yeah, David Strathairn. Love Gary that guy. Busey. That used, to be, that used to be my wife's uh, movie boyfriend, David Strathairn. <laughs> is that how I'm supposed to say his name? I don't know. Eight Men Out, John he's Sales. Great. Check it out. Yeah, great yeah, actor. Yeah, yeah. Eight Men Out. Have you seen Eight Men Out? Yes. It's a, a wonderful movie. And this movie, just to put this into perspective. Did and you say I'm, Gary Busey? Yes. Huh, did he know he was in it? No, hmm. <laughs> not at that time. Hmm. He's been told. But if you're looking at $93, $93, the movie grossed $270 million against a budget of $42 million. A John Grisham novel. Yeah. It's an R-rated film. Holly Hunter gets nominated for Academy Award from this. Oh. Uh, this movie has it all when you're talking about Tom Cruise movies. There's a lot of running. In fact, I'll go on as far as to say this establishes Tom Cruise as Tom Cruise, the guy that runs. 
even in the and he runs in the firm yeah that's all he does is run he, he sprints and there is a scene where he and i love this scene because it's 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 almost like a seinfeld moment where he's confronted by someone in the movie he's confronted by a an antagonist let's say i don't want to spoil it no and he just sort of slowly leans and then starts running and he knowing that the person that he's doing this would have no chance to catch him is this the first time is this when they started the whole thing of something explodes behind you and you explode into the air. He's, he does that in a movie. That There's no explosion impossible. in this one. But I have to say, explosion it's Wilford Brimley. Wilford Brimley's Wilford in this movie. Brimley. Who was younger than us when he was in Cocoon. I know. Wilford Brimley, the Brimley Cocoon line. He was also in um, one of my all-time favorite movies, The Thing. The Thing is great. It has no, he has no mustache in that. Yeah, it's upsetting. My son was very upset by that. He yeah, argued yeah, with yeah. these. That's not him. Like, yeah, it is. That's a really good movie. But this yeah. is the most Tom Cruise of Tom Cruise okay. films. The Firm. Should I watch The, the Firm? You've got to watch it. List. It's a great film. All right. All right. I'll add to my okay, list. Okay. So then he goes on. He goes on as if this is not enough with yeah. A Few Good Men. Right? A few. Oh, You can't course. handle the truth. Right. You want me up on that wall. Yeah. You need yeah, me up right. on that wall. You need me. Sorry. So close. Um, I am yeah, I clear? Right. That's got uh, Demi Moore. Yeah, she's and in that. Uh, oh, who else is in that? Is that John McGinley in that? Who's the other guy? Who's the other guy on the softball team that's in that? Oh, Who's another actor. Ke Ke Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. You sure that's who I'm thinking? Yes. Yeah, so I don't know if that's who you're John thinking McGinley? of. John but... McGinley. Oh, huh? Yeah. I don't know. I got to go look it up now. I'm gonna go look up. Uh, you got wait, Kevin wait. Bacon. You got Jack Nicholson. Demi Moore. Key for Sutherland. All the great men. All the great men. Uh, a few good men. A few good men. Who do, who directed that? Was that Santiago Oliver was not to be touched. Okay. 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 Uh, Aaron Sorkin. Oh, did Aaron Sorkin write it? I guess he wrote it. Maybe he's in it also. Okay, so you, then he hits with a few good men. Okay. Yeah. You've also. I'm not even mentioning. That's like 1992. We're not even talking about Color of Money. We're not even talking about Born on Fourth of July. Oh, that's where he plays the the Vietnam veteran. Yeah. Now that was Oliver Stone. I'm pretty sure. Uh, born on the Fourth of July. Yeah, I mean it. It's, it has to be uh, Kevin Pollock. Yep. He's in it. He's great. Oh, it's got JT Walsh. He's good. Mm -hmm. All the great Walshes. What? Mm -hmm. Christopher Guest is in it. I didn't know that. Look now, at that. Now, then he follows up the firm. I don't know how well the firm did. I did pretty good. Uh, well, we just said it did really good. Um, then he comes out. He shows up at an interview with a vampire. Oh uh, yeah. Right. Now, if you've ever read Anne Rice, she wrote the part. I read of one of her spanking books, but I've, I've never read the vampire Hello? books. No, she has a bunch of, so she has a, what's it called? Um, she has these Sleeping Beauty spank. She's, she used to write spanking books. Um, and, but I've never, I've never read, this is Lestat is his name, right? Lestat, is that Brad, the vampire is Brad Lestat. Pitt Lestat. Who's Lestat? Uh, Brad Pitt plays Louis. Louis. What am I thinking of? What was Gary? Gary Oldman was in the uh, Francis Ford Coppola Dracula movie. That's, is that right? That's Dracula, I guess. Okay. Uh, this is Interview with the there's Vampire. A, there's a Citizen Kane-esque scene in Interview with the Vampire where they kind of do a bit on the Joseph Cotton, some of the, one of the Joseph Cotton scenes in Citizen Kane with the cigar, I feel uh, like. I might be remembering a different movie. I might be remembering the Kenneth Branagh movie, Dead Alive, Dead or Alive, Dead Alive, Dead Alive. Uh, I think it's me different. Around. All right, so this is... So Interview with the Vampire, around? I'm going to say the is the, that's the, the least Tom Cruise performance of Tom uh, Cruise's career. The least, not... It's not that he's bad. It's no, just he's, that he's not very time Tom Cruise. But Anne Rice said that she wrote that part for Rutger Hauer when she was writing the Vampire Lestat and, and oh, the interview how, with the Vampire that's Book. That's who she had in mind. That's who she was writing <gasps> it for. That's so interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, 
other things. Then, but we're, you, you can't stop there. You've got to talk about okay. Jerry Maguire, which is my oh, number yes. two most Tom Cruise-ish Tom uh, you, Cruise film. You show him the money is what is show he wants the money. money. He wants the money shown to him. Show him the money. Okay. Now, if you want to talk about a successful film, you've got a budget of fifty million. You've got a, a box office two hundred almost two hundred seventy four million box office. Jerry well, Maguire. This is Jerry Maguire, and that's with the uh, Bridget Jones woman. Fantastic movie. And what is what is it? Uh, what is it? She had him at. Who had him hello? At was that hello? Oh, she had him at hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's nice. He got he got a Golden Globe uh, Best Actor mm. in that one in his that's second. Six Academy bucks will get you a cup moment. of coffee, right? Yeah. Huh. I'll be damned. I'm learning a lot today. I'm trying to think of other peak crews. Yeah. Would you say Magnolia is peak crews? Um, 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 that is that the one where he's the wait, no, what what am I think? What's the one where he's like the motivational speaker? Guy? Magnolia. That's long. It's a long movie. Thank you. Uh-huh. It's got Amy Mann songs in it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um Do you, do you know the story about how that happened? No. It's interesting to me. And me alone, probably. I'm a huge fan of a, a singer who happens... Because the last name thing, or...? Mm-hmm. A, a huge fan of a singer who happens to be Amy Mann's longtime, you know, partner, husband, um, yeah. who's named Michael Penn, who you might know from that pop song from 1989, um, No Myth. You know, what if I was Romeo in black jeans? You know that song? What if I was Heathcliff? Okay, I got, that's two videos we got to watch now. Anyway, uh, he had been working with um, PTA on Boogie Nights. And the story goes anyway that while Michael Penn was working with him on Boogie Nights, which is also how you ended up getting that wonderful video, Try, put that down. That's three things we got to look at now. Um, that, that's when he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, my, also my wife's you know, working on this, this record. And I don't know if it was the the Dodo one, the Bachelor Number Two one. I forget which one it was, but like that's how he heard those songs via the relationship with Michael Penn, and that's how she ended up. He ended up using them for Magnolia, and it's almost like Gus Van Sant and Elliot Smith, mm. you know, in um, in the in the in the Boston Janitor movie. Um, oh, um, Good, Good Will Hunting. Hunting, yeah. Where it, like, it becomes like kind of like, <laughs> the you know. The Boston Janitor movie. I love this. <laughs> That's like, I'm going to write that one down. You know what the best part of his day is? Um, <laughs> the, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Amy Mann's terrific. Don't sleep on Amy Mann, literally. She would hate it. But like, seriously, catch back up with Amy Mann. That's a, that's a gifted lady. And she was nice to my kid when we met. Um, so, um, the book is called Beauty's Punishment by Anne Rice. I'll add that to notes. And you were talking about Magnolia. Now that's a peak or a no peak? peak uh, no Magnolia. Peak. I mean, his performance is great and it is I a very I think by Tom your Cruise rules, that's not a peak. But it's not a peak. That's a performance. Okay. So I guess maybe by your, by your rules, if I choose to follow them, probably Edge of Tomorrow or whatever they're calling it this week. I, I, even though that's, I think that's, I love that movie. I don't know if it's Pete Cruz, but he's he's really good. And you know who else is in it is uh, Matt I. Moody. Matt I. Moody plays. <laughs> Wait, who is he in that? He's the general guy who makes him go out and be in the field. He's the guy who drops him. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. And they, they and they have the whole sequence where he's going into the office and they have to convince him. Don't spoil. Him. Don't spoil. Right. Don't spoil. I mean, like, there's a, there's a log line for this movie that's really obvious. Like, imagine it's X, but Y. Mm. Um, but I'm not going to tell you what, because Mm-mm. you're going to get it yourself about 12 minutes into this movie. And mm-hmm. it's, I think it's, 
They also did it this week on the ATB Movie Club, which I haven't listened to. But the uh, but oh, you know, his son in real life in real life is Bill Weasley. Did you know that? Bill Weasley. Yeah. So Brendan Gleeson is that fellow's name. He's Mad Eye Moody. He's the general. Um, maybe should be best known for playing the chef in the prison in Paddington Two, which is one of the greatest <laughs> movies of all time. Yeah, for sure. No, no, no. Oh, get your back in it. Like, really, seriously, Paddington 2 is a very good movie. Really? Um, but Bill Weasley, now, now he's a star in his own, right? He's in the Ex Machina movie with the lady from Irma Vep. She plays the robot. Like, he's in that really good, that, that, that sad and weird episode of Black Mirror. Mm. He plays, uh, alongside the great Will Forte, he plays one of the founders of National Lampoon. Doesn't look anything like Bill Weasley. In uh, in a wonderful Netflix uh, movie called a, a Feudal and Stupid Gesture that I highly recommend. I'll put it in notes. Notes, 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 notes. So the, that's the Gleasons. I don't know about those guys who are twins. I don't know anything about them. Um, and then there's Jenny Weasley. We see her a little later, aged her up a little bit. Um, what else happened? I like Tom Cruise for, I mean, I think, I get the feeling the guy works really hard. Oh, Which, he's in the hardest work. I mean, I like I mean he does all his own stunts. He's in yeah, amazing shape. Yeah, but part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just some people where you're like, it's hard to imagine that person not getting really into what they're doing. Whereas there's a lot of people in the world where you can go, I can really imagine them not getting really into what they're doing. Whereas, like, I bet it's hard for him not to be very passionate about whatever he's making. He's super I like passionate. the one. I like the one with the Burj Khalifa. I don't know the names of any of them, but there's three Mission Impossible movies in particular that I like a lot. That's the one uh, with the girl who has the fight in, in the blue dress. She's amazing. And it's got, um, it's briefly got Sawyer from Lost. No spoilers. It's got Leia's little beautiful, uh, wonderful French actress, Leia Seydoux. She's in it. What is the one I'm thinking of? Um, a, it's a, it might be Ghost Protocol. And then there's the guy who played uh, Ian Curtis in the Joy Division movie, or in, sorry, in 24-Hour Party People. He played Ian Curtis. That guy is the bad guy, remember, who's trying to, like, I don't know, do Cerebro to get all the, uh, to find out all, all, all the, all the people. And like, he's got like a whole phalanx of people who are going to do bad for him. That guy, that I'm guy. I'm not even remembering that. He might be Irish. Do you remember when Tom Cruise goes into the record listening booth and he gets gassed? Yes. hundred percent. I think about that, that scene like all the time. I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. But that guy, the guy who did the gassing at the titular. Oh yeah. Store. Okay. Yeah. He played Ian Curtis in 24 hour part people. Oh. I'm like four, at least four things to watch. I can't do all of these this week. What's, what, how are we doing? What, what time is it? I don't even know when we started. What, what, what time is it? Wait. wait. Sorry. Hold no. On, sorry. Let me put that the, differently. Look at the in, your, in your cockamamie goddamn oh, app, you make me use. How long? It. It, we're 50 minutes in, Merlin. Did you have a second thing to tell you? Yeah, I have like? a second. Hold on. I'm going to get to it now because I wasn't ready. I wasn't mm -hmm. ready. Squarespace. Oh, sorry, no, I, I, Squarespace. Oh, oh. I literally just recorded an ad spot for Squarespace today. Can literally. we just play yours? Yes. Just hit play on it. Well, he mentions reconcilable differences. If you, I know you don't edit for content, but if you wanted to go change all those instances, I have to be honest with you. It, it's an ad that apart from the places where I say reconcilable differences and the unemployable John Syracuse, apart from those spots, it would totally be usable here, and you're welcome to have it. You want me to perform it for you? I mean, yeah, perform it, but swap the rec diff stuff for the It's Your Show. Really? Oh, sh okay, just, just so our listeners know, we did, not, we did not prepare this, did we? I'm not prepared for anything. Okay. Um... Is it it's a, a slash? It's your show. Yeah, just this episode of Back to Work is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash it's your show. Friends, Squarespace is the all 
in one platform for building your brand and for growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website. You can engage with your audience and sell anything, your products, services, even the very content you create. You can sell your time. Don't whatever it is you want. Don't worry. Squarespace has got you covered. Now, they, they, they got some bullets here that I could choose from. Pardon me. From which I can choose. And I can, I'm going to pick some of the bullets that re, really uh, uh, appeal to me. Uh, we got to get this out of the way, number one. So sell your products on an online store. Now, Dan, th this used to be a whole thing. If you wanted to sell something on the internet, well, your big problem is there's no way to send money on the internet. That was a big problem. Thank you, Elon Musk. And Peter Thiel. You guys have both done a lot of great work. We got, what, um, we got PayPal. What else we got? That's what I'm saying. But 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 back then, you know, you could get uh, some kind of open, you could get a get a plone plug-in to sell stuff on your site, but you you wouldn't get the, you know, uh in those detail of everything in it. And that's just included now with Squarespace. All right. Okay. Physical goods, digital products, like I say, content, time, whatever it is, Squarespace has the tools that you need to start selling online. Now, now, I think it could be argued that the reason you most maybe want to be on Squarespace is that all the sites are really pretty. Well, that's not an accident because you're going to get started with the best-in-class website template, okay? Customize to fit your wings. Now, when I say customize, that doesn't mean you have to go in and paste in some PHP at the top of the page and hope it's in the right place. You don't need to do any <laughs> of that. You go in, you click, you drag, and Bob's your uncle or aunt. I don't care. But you're going to go in there and you're going to have a beautiful website that looks the way that you want and does your stuff just a few clicks, just a few tricks. Now, now, now listen, I don't, I, I'm reluctant to talk about this, but let's be honest. <laughs> Why? I'm reluctant to talk about this. Bullet three. I, a lot of people, you want, you want them to find your website because they don't know anything about you. Oh, right. It's not that they know things. I mean, unless they're being a creep, but that's why you're going to need to go. People need to go to one of the global indexing services and search for things. And that's how they're going to find your website. And that's why you need to know what Dan and I, in our record call, you need to know about SEO or, or what they call search engine optimizations. You don't have to go hang out on, uh, who was that guy, Danny, what's his head? You don't have to go hang out on a forum all day and learn what happened with the latest overnight churn. And No, it's included. You got a suite of integrated features and useful guides that are going to help you maximize your prominence uh, for uh, better search results, SEO. And this is the part, but the, the, so that's the three bullets. And then there's a part here that says personal experience. And this is, this is a doddle, as they say in England. This is mm -hmm. easy for me. Mm -hmm. I've been using Squarespace since Christ was a corporal. I use it for personal sites. I use it for the Roderick on the Line podcast to this day. But the thing I want to get through to you today, the thing that's really vital to me, talk about something important. <laughs> I want you to know that the best thing I do with Squarespace today is to recommend it to other people. Now, listen closely. I use the word recommend. And I don't like to talk about the show on the show. There's not that 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 many things, if you know me, and I know you do, we, we that I do. say I that, that that I can actually recommend. I actually recommend this, and and not just because I like it. I recommend it because I'm a retired webmaster, and I would like for you to be also get out of this business. Somebody out there needs a home that they love on the web. Maybe they want to sell stuff. Maybe they want to do newsletters. Whatever it is that they want to do, you can feel confident turning them on to Squarespace. Even if you build your own pearl from source, whatever that means, right. you can send somebody confidently to Squarespace and, and they can get going with that. So here's what I'd love you to do right now. You go to squarespace.com slash it's your show, just like it sounds, and you're going to get a free trial. No credit card required. No credit card required. Don't need it. No credit card. You just go and, and, and you get it. And then here's the thing. When you're ready to launch, when she use our very special or de desperately special offer code, it's your show. Because that's going to save you 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Once again, squarespace.com slash it's your show. 
and sign up with our code for 10% off. And it shows your support for, uh, for Back to Work and for Dan and, and, for, uh, and for Gavin. And really, uh, this I mean, time I mean, of year... In a way, our listeners who go there are supporting are, are paying Gavin. us, yes. which in turn goes to pay me, which in turn goes to pay Gavin. Well, do so. you want me to paint that chair? Onions is all I eat. <laughs> Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Back to Work. Yeah, you got to ding it. I mean, that's how I get a you got to ding. Well, don't give me notes. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm sorry. I would never. It's good. It's a good, it's a good thing. I would never. Oh, I right, so there's all that Tom Cruise. What else did I have? Is there anything else that has to go out this week? Anything else that'll perish? I don't think so. We don't really have to watch videos, but if I, I don't know. I don't know how much time I want to put into this today, Dan, but I'll do some notes. I've already done, I've already done three weeks of notes for this. Now I'm going to add some videos in notes, notes, notes. What are the videos I need to put in? The Hustler of Money with Mr. Ben Stiller. Yeah. Whose parents, uh, you know, uh, to me, the famous Stillers have always been, you know, Jerry and Ann. Yeah, they're the they're the leaders. They're they were the on Flip fo- Wilson when I was a kid. Do you yeah. remember they were on Flip Wilson? Yeah, remember Geraldine. Of He'd wear a dress. And then there's other videos I have to find. I can't promise that I'll do it. I just want people to be I happy. Care. I don't care what you do. Oh, uh, I don't know if they don't care. I said I don't care. Oh, okay. Uh, an AI for summarizing videos, Lexica. Anyway, there's various things in there, and this whole very Eldritch story about things that are evolving into crabs is very concerning. Um. Five different times independently, different things have evolved into crabs recently. I'm going to have to check that. I'm going to have to look at that. I'm not a scientist, but you should probably check that out. Everybody read that book, Why Buddhism is True. Um, It's really, really good. It's, it's, as I've said before, everywhere over and over. Uh, It's it's written by a guy whose background is in um, evolutionary psychology. And uh, today, this week's thought technology from Why Buddhism is True is the idea that feelings, not that feelings aren't true, and it's not feelings, the feelings aren't real, because as Mike Squires told John Roderick a long time ago, feelings are real. It's really true. They are real, but, well, Merlin's noticed, but feelings don't have to be you. But more significantly, there's an element of evolution. There's an element of natural selection that created feelings to fool us. Feelings exist so that we imprint on an event. It could be a good event, bad event, traumatic event, whatever it is. But one of all the reasons we, that we have feelings, apart from, you know, getting some action, you know, going below the equator for that other aspect mm-hmm. of, of uh, passing your, on your genes. And I don't mean donating them. Well, you could look at it however you want, but, but that's the role of feelings are a way to have experience endure. When we have an experience, and notice I didn't use it as a verb because I'm not a monster. If you had the experience of something and that creates a feeling, let's say a, most basically a feeling of fear. Why do you have a feeling of fear? You have a feeling of fear because you're, body's trying to make sure that you stay alive, you stay fed, you stay healthy so that you can mate and pass on your genes. Every time I talk about this stuff, it's, I feel like that it sounds so, it really always sounds close to eugenics to me, but that's, and so what's fear is, well, fear, or excuse me, feelings in general are a way of associating. It's basically like a, this is not science, but like to me, feelings are similar to a log line, a summary, something you feel, you feel, obviously they're a feeling. You feel that deeply. You don't have to remember everything you know about staying away from snakes. If you're scared of snakes, you now have a way, your body, your mind, your senses, your emotions, because they're all attached, right? All this, they all share a brain. Right. It's the worst roommates ever. Like they all live together and like they go, uh-oh, snake bad. 
thought of snake bad. Right. So how did we get to the point where Merlin could be anxious about something that hasn't happened and never will happen? Unless it does. Well, that's part of that role is evolutionary biology. It's natural selection. It's just that in my particular chemistry, I'm tweaked even harder than most of you at getting anxious about something that's not happening or having, in some cases, a feeling, right? And even in this age of pipes and wires, where we look to cognitive science to tell us why people are, tend to be how they are, it is about pipes and wires, but there are times when you want to say to your feelings, my goodness, what is this in service of? Is, this, is it really benefiting me? Is this something I need to have a feeling about? And uh, that's one role, as this guy gets at, I think, in mindfulness and mindfulness meditation in particular, is getting that ability to be able to, uh, what I love, to develop some expansiveness about your feelings and to not feel like they're, they're pushing you around and making you be how some ancestors, you know what, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this because I'm already going to get notes from Syracuse about getting evolution wrong. Yeah, you can't do it. You One of my evolutions, it. if you'll allow it, is that I'm trying to get better at, like at least in the way I understand it, the biggest problem is when, you know, it's like when people say that crap, like, oh, I'm so OCD or I'm so ADHD. In, in a similar dumb way when people say, oh, I evolved to be like this. And I guess that's technically true. I think a better way to look at it is that this huge, you know, invisible hand, evolution doesn't have a plan. Evolution is just the result of things that tend to produce things that survive. And so I think it, it does benefit for us to look at natural selection as working intransitively. I don't, right. It's not like one day they said, well, this generation of cockroaches is going to have learned or like, you know, these monkeys know to throw the nut off the cliff or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. Like how, how did squirrels learn to get in bird feeders? Well, I don't know. I, I, I think it's a little simple though to just go, oh, they evolved to be like that. There's more to it than that. I don't know about I don't know about squirrel feelings. I'm I'm willing to learn. Um, <laughs> squirrel feelings, but see the hundred hundredth monkey problem with that you run a little bit in the same thing as the, the ten thousand hours. Like, what if the hundred and fifth monkey still never figure out how to crack its nut? It's <laughs> oh one to think about for the weekend. Um, Dan, let's button this up. You want to button it? All right, Marlon. Okay, I hope I you it. have a wonderful, fantastic weekend. Whoa, whoa, easy text. Yeah, you too, buddy. Uh, I hope your stuff works later yeah, yeah thank you it's no good have a good weekend everybody